Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Era Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Georgia basketball game on Wednesday night. It's a 7 o'clock start down in Athens at Stegman Coliseum. The SEC Network has the coverage. Kentucky is 4-8. and eight. They're 3-2 and two in the SEC after that 66-59 loss at Auburn last Saturday. Georgia's 8-4, and four, but the Bulldogs are just 1-4 in the SEC. They got their first conference win by beating by winning at Ole Miss on Saturday. Uh, to give us a scouting report on Georgia, I talked to Mark Weiser, who covers the Bulldogs for the Athens Banner Herald. He tells us everything that's going on with Tom Crean's team going into Wednesday's game. And for Kentucky, I talked with Jeff Drummond, who covers UK for the Rivals, uh, the Kentucky Rivals site, Cats Illustrated. Talked with Jeff about the uh, the problems this Kentucky basketball team is having. Do they have what it takes to make a turnaround? And we also talked a little football. We talked to Wandale Robinson, and we also talked about Liam Cohen going into spring practice, which will be coming up probably before we know it. But the main topic on today's podcast, of course, is basketball. So we'll get right to it with Mark Weiser of the Athens Banner Herald, followed by Jeff Drummond of Rivals, Kentucky. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Mark Weiser of the Athens Banner Herald. How you doing, Mark? Doing well, John. How's it going? It's going good. Uh, Kentucky plays Georgia on Wednesday down in Athens in the SEC basketball matchup. Uh, wanted to get a scouting report on the Bulldogs from Mark. Uh, Mark, f- first let me ask you, what what were the expectations? This is Tom Crean's third season at Georgia. What, what were the expectations for Georgia this year coming into this season? Well, based on what the SEC media projection was, it was about what it has been, which is 13th in the SEC, I think it was. And, um, you know, I, I guess from my perspective, I'd say if, if you could move out of the uh, the uh, early day of the SEC tournament, not have to be playing in the one of the, uh, what is it, 11, 14, 12, 13 games, then, then, then you've made some progress. Um, you know, it was going to be a different roster losing uh, Anthony Edwards, losing Rayshon Hammonds, losing... Tyree Crump and Jordan Harris, um, and then they have eight newcomers total. Um, there was some attrition as well with some guys that were on the uh, back end of the rotation that, that you know went elsewhere for one reason or another, and uh, they brought in three graduate transfers. So uh, you know, like every year at Georgia under Tom Crean, it seems like it's a, it's a, almost an entirely new um, vibe around the program um, because of just so much turnover uh, on the roster. I know uh, during the non-conference portion of the season they got off to a good start how how did i know they had a the record looked really good how did they play well yeah the record did certainly uh, look good they were were seven and no um all seven of those games were in stegman coliseum they were supposed to play um memphis um trying to remember actually that would have been probably back here they were supposed to play at at smu you know obviously with the non-conference schedule um you know, things got uh, switched up around as the date got pushed back. And, and uh, you know, so it was to a certain extent, it looked like that they lined up the schedule to to help out a roster that, that had a lot of turnover to give them some confidence. Um, but, you know, some of those games were a little more dicey than you would expect. Um, I'm trying to remember which one, uh, the Sanford game, maybe that they were yeah. uh they were behind the whole time and had to, to rally, um, you know, to, to win late. Um, 
uh, you know, Cincinnati what was their best win in the non-conference. Um, and, and that's a down Cincinnati team, or at least it was back then. I haven't caught up to see what they've done in the last, you know, couple of weeks, but, um, so, you know, but then they, they start conference play and then they start at one four, which was their worst start since, uh, 2009, which was Dennis Felton's last season. Um, and so things, uh, you know, looked, uh, like kind of familiar and, uh, but they had an important one against Ole Miss on Saturday to kind of get some good feelings again for the program. Yeah, what uh, I mean, what what's been their this, as you mentioned the slow start in the SEC 0-4 before they won at Ole Miss. Uh, has there been anything in particular that's uh, that's lacking uh, uh, with the SEC start? Is there one or two things you can put your finger on why they've gotten off to the slow start? Well, I would have to say giving up 94 to LSU, 99 to Arkansas, and 95 to Auburn <laughs> would indicate that, that they have some problems getting some stops. Now, the LSU game, they could have won, um, you know, had a chance you know, to make a layup to, to keep the game going, I guess, in overtime and had a call go against them. So um, the Arkansas game, they were down, you know, six or eight or something at, at halftime, and, and they kind of just collapsed in the second half and looked like they didn't want to be out there anymore. Um, then Auburn, a team that, that hadn't won in the conference, Conference obviously just beat Kentucky Saturday, but um, you know, they came in in house George at home, and and uh, you know so a lot of times uh, Tom Crean talks about how uh, when shots don't fall, uh, you know on the defensive end there's lack of communication and and uh, things get out of hand. So uh, you know I don't know if, I don't know if that's a convenient excuse or if that's legit or, or what, but they've certainly been boosted the last couple of games uh, as Katie Johnson, their top recruit this year, top 100 player, uh, an off guard, um, was uh, deemed eligible by the NCAA. He had an academic issue uh, dating back to high school that, that kept him uh, from being able to play the first 10 games of the season. But but he got a waiver that came uh, right before that Auburn game um, and then scored 21 in that game and then came out and had uh, you know a really good shooting game against Ole Miss, four or five three-pointers the other day as Georgia won. So he's, he's obviously added a big boost. Who, who are some other Georgia players for Kentucky fans to look for? Well, Severe Wheeler is, you know, he's only a sophomore, but he plays, uh, you know, a lot of minutes, 33, almost 34 minutes a game now, uh, you know, point guard that, that really can uh, attack the rim and, um, you know, dishes out a lot of assists. I think he had three uh, double doubles in the first three games of the season against, you know, that non-conference schedule um, that, uh, you know, but he also turns the ball over a lot and uh, sometimes looks like he's a little bit out of control as he, uh, uh, you know, goes in and, and, and makes a drive and then tries to figure out what to do with it. But, um, you know, when, when he's uh, distributing the ball and, and George is knocking down shots, um, he's certainly dangerous and he can he can drive in and and get some some quick points uh, that way. Um, Tamani Kamara has been, uh, uh, you know, a guy that looks like he, he could have an NBA potential, um, uh, you know, a guy that uh, on the defensive side, uh, you know, can can really uh, you know, turn back some shots. I think he only has 11 shots, which leads the team, but, um, you know, kind of wiry. And uh, if it wasn't for getting in foul trouble, uh, you know, he'd really be uh, a guy that that. Uh, you know, down in crunch time could, could really help you out a lot too. He averages 14 points and 7.3 rebounds a game. And, and Justin Kyer is, is a graduate transfer guard from uh, George Mason, one of the three guys, like I mentioned. He's got 19 three-pointers um, and, and uh, had six threes um, 
at uh, at Arkansas. So, um, you know, or maybe that was LSU. But uh, but Kyra's a guy that's come in and you know started every game. And then PJ Horn came from Virginia Tech, another transfer. He, he's out of South Georgia, and uh, you know wanted to kind of get closer to home for family reasons, and uh, has come in averaging almost 10 points a game. So, um, you know, they. they they're a different uh, dynamic in terms of, uh, you know, six guys, uh, five or six guys in double figure scoring. So it's not like you knew Anthony Edwards would put up 20 a game. They have different guys on different nights that can do it. Um, they probably just need to, to have more consistency uh, from guys like uh, Kamara in particular, uh, night in and night out. Yeah, obviously, you know, we don't have fans this year. So, um, you know, it's a different dynamic. But when Kentucky plays at Georgia, even though they've had success there, it's always been tough games. Georgia seems to play them pretty tough, especially there at Stegman. What what does Georgia have to do uh, tomorrow night to uh, to have a chance to beat Kentucky, a Kentucky team that's struggling? Yeah, certainly that there won't be that um, home court big game vibe. And, you know, I be curious to see what it would be like, uh, you know, a Kentucky team coming in with the record that they have in, in a regular type season. I'm sure there would still be uh, close to a pack house. Uh, you know, with Georgia, they, they have to do what they did at Ole Miss. They have to they have to make three point shots. They have to be able to, uh, you know, get stops and and not let big runs by Kentucky, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, have them shrugging their shoulders and, and losing confidence. And, um, you know, if ever there was a time that they would, they should feel that they can hang with Kentucky and beat Kentucky, that this seems to be that time. I'm sure Kentucky looks at Georgia as a chance to, you know, Hey, there's no reason why we can't go to, to Georgia and get a win with the roster we have and, and, you know, solve our offensive issues and that, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I, I guess at this, as we're recording this, I, I don't think Vegas has probably put up a score yet, but I, I wonder what that will look like uh, for the point spread coming in here. Yeah, no, no, I haven't seen one either. So, uh, yeah. Well, Mark, before I let you go, I know, uh, of course, Georgia football is always a big topic of conversation. What's going on with Georgia football right now? Uh, it is a time for uh, for them to kind of back up a little bit and and kind of take take stock of of uh, you know they have 16 early enrollees in so uh, they'll be gearing up for that. Kirby Smart's got uh, a defensive backs coach that just uh, is leaving to go to Indiana to be a defensive coordinator. Um, Charlton Warren, so they'll have to fill that spot, but. Uh, everyone's really happy that, that JT Daniels is deciding to uh, come back next year. And, and uh, Georgia had a lot of momentum with four wins at the end of the season when they finally got him healthy enough to be the starting quarterback. And, and they did pretty well in terms of the underclassmen uh, deciding to come back. They have Jordan Davis, a nose guard that's uh, deciding to do that and Zamir White, their running back. So uh, uh, while the other, rest of the SEC East looks like um, they are – cratering and uh, three new coaches uh, now i guess in the conference in the division uh right. georgia looks like they're going to try to get back on top of the east and, and get back to the playoff yeah it sure looks that way as you mentioned the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the divisions there's a lot of disarray in, in the rest of the division uh mark uh, tell tell the listeners how they can follow you both on twitter and online leading up to the game uh, on wednesday night and after the game uh, Twitter is uh, Mark Weiser, M-A-R-C-W-E-I-S-Z-E-R, and uh, we are at onlineathens.com for uh, all our stories. Well, be sure and check out Mark, and be sure and check out the Athens Banner Herald, all their sports coverage. They do a great job. And, Mark, we sure appreciate you being on the podcast. Hey, John, good to be with you. Thank you. Okay, thanks to Mark Weiser for being on the podcast. Be sure and check out his work at the Athens Banner Herald. And we'll be right back with Jeff Drummond of Cats Illustrated. 
Okay, my guest on the podcast is uh, my friend, longtime colleague, or uh, I guess you'd call colleague or whatever. We all cover UK basketball together. Is Jeff Drummond. He's the managing editor of the Rivals Kentucky site that covers Kentucky. How's it going, Jeff? Not too bad, John. Just uh, trying to make it through uh, <laughs> this weird winter of, of, of no contact <laughs> with anyone and, and doing all these uh, you know remote deals with uh, Zoom right. and and telephone calls and all trying to stay as normal and in between the ears as possible. Yeah. And you and I both have been covering this for a long time. And obviously this is a season unlike any other, uh, what for you anyway, uh, what you're feeling, so what, what's been the weirdest part about it? I mean, with the zoom calls, like you said, we don't get to go to normally during football, we'd be going to Stoops's press conference on Monday and that kind of got the week going. You'd be going after practice and basketball. You'd be going to Calipari or in the, uh, the, the day before uh, media opportunities, what's been the weirdest thing for you? Yeah, I guess, I guess it's just kind of maybe forming some of those connections that you yeah. do, especially with football where we go out there and uh, we meet with assistant coaches and multiple players. That that was really strange this year. It's it's almost like the year that didn't happen in a way. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard for me to kind of wrap because I only went to uh, what they play five home games. I went to four of the home games. I was I was feeling uh, sick for one of them and, and didn't end up going. So it just it just almost feels like it didn't even happen. But yeah. with basketball, you know the 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 post game afterwards where we get to sit down uh, with with three players and kind of mingle. And, and get some of their thoughts. We haven't had that. They just give us usually one guy, maybe two, and right. everything. Everything feels kind of rushed, you know, because right. we're all thinking about safety and health first. Yeah, that's no, a it's a really good point about football, especially with the assistant coaches, because even if you don't use stuff right away, I always felt like, and when you talk to the assistants and and the players too, you get tidbits here and there that you can use in the future or just give you a better understanding of what's going on. And, you know, I'm not blaming anybody. That's just the way it was this year. We just got Mark and that, and we got the uh, coordinators. uh, uh, We got Mark Stoops and we got the coordinators once a week during the year, but that, that was it. And uh, where the regular year you could talk to the receivers coach or you talk to the quarterbacks coach or the secondary coach, to me i think we missed out on a lot by not being able to talk to those guys yeah they they bring a lot to the table for for interviews i've always found and they they're they're the guys more apt to talk about an individual player true than than sometimes the other guys who don't want to get into that that depth chart type of thing but you know a weird thing this season we still haven't formally met the wide receivers coach or the D-line coach. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's tr- Coach Bo, the wide receivers coach, <laughs> and Amar Stewart. Of course, you know, we both covered Amar when he was here, but in, not mm-hmm. in his official capacity now as a D-line coach. That's true. Well, that's they'll have true. a whole year under their belt by the time, you know, right. we speak with them officially right. on the record. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, uh, we want to talk about the basketball game. Kentucky plays Georgia on Wednesday night in Athens. It's a 7 o'clock start. Uh, Jeff, I'll ask you the question that everybody's asking: What's wrong with this basketball team? Why why are they four and eight? And if you have <laughs> the answer to that question, I think maybe that <laughs> Mitch Barnard might hire you. But go ahead. I've got an easy one, although I'm not holding my breath for that call because <laughs> I don't I don't know that I can fix it either. But they they can't put the ball in the hole consistently. <laughs> right. That's, you that's, know that that sticks out, no doubt about it. Cutting it cutting the game down to its basics. It's about who puts it through the rim 
more than the other guy. And, and Kentucky just doesn't do that in every single game, almost without fail. I think Florida, they avoided it. Uh, they avoided it in that blowout of Moorhead State, the first game out. But every one of these other games that they played, win or lose, they have a six or seven minute stretch where they just don't put anything in the basket. And right. to go, you know, roughly, what is that, uh, you know, 20% of the game or whatever without scoring right. Right. Uh, a field goal, they, they still make some free throws here and there, but you, you got to get the thing. In, in the hoop field goal wise to get any kind of momentum going. Right. No, I know. Can it be fixed or is this just a bad shooting team? Yeah. I've, I've heard different opinions on this. I'm not sure it can be Yeah. at, at this point. I think this might just be a, a year where the blend of talent and the fact that you're the two guys you were really counting on to provide you the scoring punch, um, more than everybody. And you can almost extend it to three guys because Olivier Saar, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't, hasn't been consistent enough with what we thought he would do with an all ACC billing. Uh, but the two five-star recruits, Terrence Clark and, and BJ Boston just haven't given them much of anything um, mm-hmm. on a positive note. And uh, it, you hate to say that with, with young guys and kids, I think everybody in our profession is kind of rooting for them. Right to to get it turned around and to do well, uh, we're, we're objective in our reporting. But you like you like to see those guys uh, do well and su- oh, yeah. succeed. And uh, they just bottom line is they haven't, and and Kentucky hasn't been able to compensate uh, for probably I would estimate ten or twelve points a game they're they're missing because of those guys not really playing up to expectations. Yeah, you 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 follow recruiting a lot close uh, a lot more closely or a lot closer than I do. Uh, how surprised are you that Brandon Boston has not quite lived up to the billing at least yet? I'm shocked, uh-huh. uh, really. Uh, the, the people in, who follow recruiting and, and people in that kind of business are are talking about him in terms of maybe the biggest miss they've ever had really? in this ratings ratings era. And uh, that that's sad to say, uh, but this this is a guy that people had you know just consensus top five right. uh, type of guy that they thought could be a, a fifteen to twenty points per game type score, and it, it hasn't materialized. No, no. Uh, one thing that it, you know, and and I'm not you know the only one to point this out, but other people have pointed out as well. You know, it seems like he, of course, obviously he's struggling with his outside shot. And when he does drive it to the basket, it just seems like he lacks the physical strength to be able to take the ball forcefully to the basket. Uh, to me, I mean, he, I would think, it, you know, you even if he could drive it in there with a little more force and determination, he would get fouled and at least go to the line. But he hasn't been able to do that. Is that just a thing where he's going to have to get stronger? He needs to get. Is he one of those kids that needs a year in the weight room? Uh, you know, obviously this was a summer. What? unlike other summers where, you know, they didn't get to do all the preseason conditioning and so forth, not to the point that they normally do it. Is he just a kid who he's a kid who needs to get in the weight room for a year, but, uh, to, to meet his potential. I think he could definitely benefit from that if he hangs around and, and we will probably see a pretty, pretty nice gain. And in, in mm-hmm. those terms, kind of like we saw with Keon Brooks, you know, he, right. he's a different looking, guy this year but i i think it's more mental than physical uh, with bj boston at this point and and kind of you know cal's touched on it occasionally about habits Mm -hmm. that that you form and you can get away with a lot of that you know dipsy do and uh, (laughs) kind of just flinging it up there and 
and, and trying to make shots harder than they should be at the high school level. Because a lot of times he probably just got his own rebound and put it back in if those didn't go in. Right. But but at this level, he's got to have the mentality. You know, they they've been trying to get him to go downhill and draw fouls, and for whatever reason, it, maybe it's concern about getting the shot blocked. You know, that's a kind of a stigma in AAU ball. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to have somebody swat your shot away. But to to be really good at this level, you can't worry about that. You you go straight through the defender and let the official call what he calls. And uh, if he gets himself to the free throw line, he's proven to be a, right. a really solid free throw shooter. That's where the bulk of his points are coming from. Right, right. Uh, Terrence Clark, of course, Terrence Clark has been hurt and he's been out for a while. I guess Cal said on his show last night, it's going to be a little while longer before he's able to come <laughs> back from that ankle injury. Uh, I mean, if, even at this point, if he comes back, can he be a factor? Can he, I mean, how are they going to, you know, move him in, in, into the lineup? Uh, how do you see that playing out? Yeah. You, you've got to wonder if, if it's 10 days, uh, you're talking about the start of February and uh, right. the, the calendar's really shrinking right. at that point. And, and maybe you've developed some cohesion and, and, and started to gel by then. And how do you find a way to, to pull him back into the mix? Because, you know, even when he was out there healthy, he wasn't bringing a whole lot to the table. Right. And can, can you play him over a guy like uh, Jacob Toppin right now, who's, mm-hmm. who's been really productive per minute played? Right. No, no, that's that's true. So, where do you fall in the Dante Allen controversy? Is he <laughs> should he be playing more? Is Cal right the, for playing him about the way he's been playing him? What what, what do you think? And your guy follows Kentucky high schools closely. Yeah. What do you think? He he's got to be out there. Yeah. If if for nothing more than he spaces the court, he forces the defense to honor wherever he is, and and that that opens up things for other people. I don't even really mind if he's, if he's scoring a lot, you know, mm-hmm. they just look different mm-hmm. when he's out there and things come a lot easier. And that, I think that was evidenced by, you know, the plus minus at the end of this last game, Allen was way out in front with like a plus 11. Right. And, and he sat for most of the second half, which I, I just think is inexplicable and, you know, mm-hmm. and not trying to be overly critical of John Calperi who, obviously knows more about basketball than I ever will and has a Hall of Fame career and, and a championship ring to show for it. Right. But I mean I mean this is pretty basic stuff and yeah. um yeah, well, I don't know how he could miss something like that. Yeah. I think well, you know, he's I mean Allen's the only consistent shooter on a team that can't shoot. And uh I know Cal's a defense oriented coach. I think he looks at defense first. And I and I assume he thinks Dante's lacking on defense, but uh, as you say, <clears throat> when you can't put the ball in the basket, which is pretty elementary to win the game, and you've got a guy who can, it seems like you could maybe find ways to hide him on defense or to play him some way. But uh, you know, I I've don't come know. back to to one thing I've I've always you know watched from Cal over the years, and he's had so much success with it. You you know, there's a reason for his rationale, but in a way, I've always felt like. He would rather have a guy out there who can maybe only score five or six points, but isn't going to give up any uh-huh. or or very few, zero or two, than a guy who can go out and give you 12 points, but maybe gives up six. Right. And I call it, you know, that's funny math because the the guy giving up six is, is a plus six. 
Right. And and your guy <laughs> is only, you know, a plus four or, or less, but it, it just kills Cal to see the other team score. Yes. It drives him him batty. And I think that's one of the little stubborn things that he might have to find a way to overcome mm-hmm. to get the most out of this particular team. Mm-hmm. So can they turn it around, or is it, or, or are we too late, or do they have the, do they have the ingredients to turn this thing around? Well, I'm an optimist at heart, so I think I always think when there's time and there are there are games to play, you have a chance, mm-hmm. and uh, and you've always got that window. Although I'm not completely certain we can rely on it this year to of trying to win three three or four games right. in the SEC tournament, uh, provided that's played, but. They better get started just winning the game out ahead of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, starting Wednesday with Georgia, it'd be a, a good place to be, you know, four and two in the conference. I think you can start to get yourself back on the on the right track. Yeah. And plus who you've got coming up after that with LSU, you got, Al, you got LSU at home. I think they're five and one in the league. You get, then you go to Alabama, who just beat you by twenty on your home floor. Uh, after that, there's the Texas game. They're number five. You got a trip to Missouri. You got Tennessee. I mean, it doesn't get any easier schedule wise for them. But in a way, this might be a year where that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've argued that they need they don't need just wins over cupcakes. True. Uh, they're getting to the point where record wise, they're going to need some wins, some of those quality wins to. Oh. to show the committee. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I've got you, Drift. Let me, let me ask you a, qu- a couple of quick questions about football, uh, which we talked about and mentioned about going to practice and so forth. Kentucky picked up a transfer in Wandale Robinson, a significant transfer last week. What kind of impact do you think that's going to have on the program? It should have a big impact, provided we see the improvement in quarterback play that we all expect, mm. uh, kind of with Bo Allen and, and, and Joey Gatewood uh, coming in and Leon. Cohen and his system that, that should highlight those guys. I'm, I'm told by some people that know what the Rams do a little bit better than me uh, that, you know, Allen and, and a guy like Robinson are really good fits mm-hmm. uh, for that type of system uh, that stretch, stresses accuracy and movement and motions and some um, misdirection and that type of thing. I think they can move – Wandale around and use him in a lot of different ways. He's he's not, you know, the classic four four burner type um, with straight line speed, but he's he's one of those guys like a, you know, an Abney or a or a Bowden that just, mm-hmm. you know, they're shifty and they make people miss. And I've I've always valued that a lot more than than, right. than the forty guys, you know, the, the football players. Right, right, yeah. What what did you think of the Cohen hire? I like it. Uh, the, you know, I've, nothing I've heard about it so far has me, you know, would put me in a position to be concerned mm-hmm. about it. He is young and uh, and rather inexperienced uh, to a degree to be an SEC coordinator. Uh, but I think the people he's been around have, have uh, you know, given him the, the experience and got him prepared to, to take this step up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on it as well. I think it will be a – Good change, and uh, it, it's going to make spring. Hopefully, we'll have COVID cleaned up enough that maybe we get to talk to some other people in the spring. But I think it's going to make for a very interesting spring practice. That's for sure. Yeah, 
I, I told someone I'm just hoping to get maybe a, a peek at them, whether it's, you know, one of those where they open the gates and, and let us check them out or, or get to have the spring game, hopefully both of those things so that yeah. we'll have some idea of, of, of what we're working with, uh, right. with this offense. Right. But first we got basketball. We got the game Wednesday night, Kentucky and Georgia. Like I said, it's a seven o'clock start. Uh, be sure and check out all of Jeff's coverage and Jeff, tell them how they can, not that they don't already know this, but tell them how they can find you for the new listeners who may not know, uh, how they can find you on Twitter and how they can find you online. Sure. On, on Twitter, it's, uh, J D R U M U K J drum U K. And uh, online, we're at the uh, Rivals Kentucky site, which is uh, Cats Illustrated. But if you go to Kentucky.Rivals.com, take you right to it. Well, be sure and check out Jeff and all the coverage on, over there at the Kentucky Rivals site. And, Jeff, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Oh, anytime. Thanks, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to my guests, Mark Weiser of the Athens Banner Herald and Jeff Drummond of the Kentucky Rivals site. Uh, appreciate uh, them being on the podcast. Be sure and check out their work leading up to the game on Wednesday night and after the game as well. Uh, be sure and check out of all of our coverage on Kentucky.com. We will have live updates uh, during the game. I'll have my takeaways after the game. You'll get all of Jerry Tipton's coverage. And remember, you can get a sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. It's just $30 for the first year. You get all of Jerry Tipton's UK basketball coverage, Josh Moore on UK football, Ben Roberts on UK recruiting. You get columns by Mark Story and myself. You get Jared Peck on, on Kentucky high schools. You get all of that for $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on that subscription button, check out all the offers. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We appreciate everybody who supports this podcast by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find the uh, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. That rating and review just helps gets the word out, brings more people to the podcast, and we really appreciate that. Uh, as always, we'll have a couple more podcasts as the week goes on, so be sure and look for them. And thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be talking to you again soon.